just tuned into an old cast. You are not prepared! The robots are taking over. You could say they could have done something like that. Sure, do the beat. Alright, I had a thing here and I totally forgot it. Made them all fucked up in the head. No! Decided that he was sick of his ordinary life. I told her <laughs> I said I smoke, I drink Red Bull, I drive a truck. And by God, I joined the army when I was 18, and they just hiss at me. feel terrible for him. And now, onward with the Oncast. Welcome, 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 welcome to episode 50. Yeah. Holy shit. (laughs) You know, it is amazing we've gotten this far. Uh, And on top of that, we want to say thank you to all of you, because we are now over a thousand plays, and uh, we didn't expect that ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, a thousand plays before 50. Man, if you would have asked us if we were going to get 100 plays before episode 50... I would have told you you're fucking crazy. ...when we first started. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that would be counting us listening as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, how you guys are on episode 50? What are you at? Oh, you know, we have like 10 plays. Good coffee. So, <clears throat> with episode 50. So, what's. Yeah. Oh, we should introduce ourselves. <laughs> I'm Jared Minikheim, and that's Anthony Day. <laughs> you fucking robot. Uh, I'm Jared Minikheim, Anthony Denny. <laughs> welcome to What an Oddcast. Hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If it's your first time, you're in for a ride because we're covering one of my top three favorite cartoons ever that will always hold a place in my heart. I give it like top. Seven, maybe. I'll kill you. I don't I'll know. kill you. In I, ha- your I sleep. haven't thought of a list. <clears throat> I will kill you in your sleep. And if you aren't aware, we're covering Ed, Ed and Eddie today. Cause, god damn it, I love this fucking show. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm excited just thinking it's about a great talking. Show. <clears throat> so, before, so getting into Ed, Ed and Eddie. Close your eyes. My eyes are closed. And all of you listening, close your eyes. Unless you're driving, keep them open then. No, close your eyes, you're fine. So, when you close your eyes, and you envision your childhood, what do you see? I see cartoons. Well, if you're seeing anything other than a small cul-de-sac teeming with colorful kids... You're not from the best cartoon of my entire childhood. Anthony, yes, you're in the wrong place. You took a uh, wrong turn, bud. Yeah, there, there was a talking gorilla for some reason. It wasn't Harambe. <clears throat> well, now you just pissed everyone off. Now we last everyone that was listening. Way to go, Anthony. Uh, Damn it. Couldn't even at least be McGilla Gorilla? Oh, wait. Come on now. You know he's for sale? Ha! What? Magilla Gorilla for Magilla sale. Gorilla for sale. Why is there Magilla Gorilla for Magilla sale? Gorilla for... <laughs> I can't believe we didn't fuck that up. That's a really old school joke. If you don't know what we're talking about, then don't worry. It's <laughs> that's <laughs> that was an old cartoon. They used to play that on Boomerang a bit. Anyway, so we covered Ren and Stimpy, which is another one of the cartoons in my favorite ever. Uh, it's in my top three with Ed, Ed and Eddie here. Uh. 
But yes, today we're going to be covering Ed and Nettie, which is another one much like Ren and Stimpy that had a huge impact on the comedy and outlooks that I have when it comes to comedy. Ed and Nettie really did do a lot for me growing up. Uh, I got I got one problem with Ed, Ed and Nettie. If it's the same problem I hear from everyone, I I have an explanation to all of that. But go on. The fucking jawbreakers. Oh wow, that's not even what uh what I hear most complained. No, wow, they gave me an unrealistic <laughs> experience for jawbreakers. <laughs> That is my problem with that dead Nanny. There's that. Uh, I actually have a fun quote coming up later on. Uh, the Danny Danny Antonucci, who created the show, uh, had it had his reason for making Jawbreakers, and uh, I think you'll find it quite hilarious. Anyway, <clears throat> so to start off today, we're going to go back in time, go behind the show, and we're going to talk about the creative genius behind the show, Mr. Danny Antonucci himself. Live long, sir, because you made one of the best fucking cartoons ever. <laughs> I don't give a fuck who you are. If you don't agree, get the hell off my show. <laughs> uh, I mean, I-, I agree, so I guess I can say Good. Good. Otherwise, I'd have to I'd have to kill you. So, do you know where he grew up, Anthony? Um, No, but I'm going to assume it was cul-de-sac related. Uh, well, I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, so Danny grew up in Canada, where the show was created and produced. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Yes. Ed and Eddie is Canadian? Yes. Huh. You learn something new? Right? Day? Yeah, so he grew up in Canada. Uh, he grew up in a home of Italian immigrants new to Canada. Uh he very much he grew up uh, in a in a first generation Italian home, which is something we'll get into here in just a minute. Uh what was his father's occupation? Um, if uh, that's actually a really good question. I think when I was looking into it, I want to say, you know what? Honestly, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, there was a thing that we'll get into with some of his early work that was inspired by his dad and uncle. I, I I'm not sure what the occupation was. There's, because I'm gonna be honest, there's not a whole lot of information about his history. Like, it's not something that it seems to be something people have gone into. There was there wasn't a whole entire lot I could find on it. I uh, just kind of like broad strokes. Was it a, was it a shepherd? <laughs> Jared, I had this joke set up, and then you actually took my question seriously. Well, what did you expect me to do, you son of a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> I know, it. you've only been researching like this for like a month and a half. Fuck yourself. So, <laughs> God damn it, Anthony. <laughs> uh, so Danny had many inspira- uh, inspirations uh, for Ed and Nettie, uh, which also came from other works, and... Uh, and inspired other works, and a lot of it came from that early life that he had uh, growing up in the home that he did. So, we go back to the 1970s, alright? Late 1970s, Antonucci himself attends the Sheridan College of Visual Arts, where he obviously learns his skills that we would see later. No fucking shit. Storyboarding, sketching, and etc. <laughs> it's a fucking school for, for visual arts and whatnot, you know? So cartooning. Like, what the hell do you people think he's gonna do? Anthony, I'm talking to you. Oh, um, well, if he went to an art school, maybe he can learn the difference between tinting and shade. I'm going to punch you in your dick. So, <laughs> but, so, while he's, while he's at Sheridan, he gets a, he gets a start in animation. Uh, wh- at where else, Anthony? Where, where do you think he got his start in animation? Um, well, I'm going to guess Hanna-Barbera. Ha <laughs> ha, you are correct. 
Uh, he does work on a, on a few little shows, you know, like a few little known shows that you know you might not have even heard of before. Can Anthony? Do you happen to know any of the shows that he worked on in that early career? Honestly, I don't, but I can just name some Hanna Barbera cartoons. All right, we'll see if uh, you okay. Name two Hanna Barbera cartoons. Uh, we got the Flintstones and Scooby Doo. Well, one of those is correct. So he did work on the Smurfs, the Flintstones. <laughs> Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo show, and Richie Rich. I mean, I'm half right. Shut the fuck up. That's not the full answer, though. <laughs> That's like saying, like, oh, I, I diffused half the bomb. I mean, I mean, it'll still go out, but I diffused half of it. I mean, it doesn't count. It doesn't count here I'm... at Oddcast. You have to get it fully correct. Fully correct. That's, that's hard. Just like you got to make me fully erect. So, <clears throat> now we move in. Oh, wow, 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 wow. Wow. So, now... <laughs> wow. So... <laughs> Welcome to Water Nodcast. In case you can't tell, we're a goofy bunch of fucks. <laughs> we love both Owen Wilson and Matthew Lillard. Wow. Wow. At the same time, ironically and unironically. Uh, you know... Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So, I'm getting off topic. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right, man. We're we're having a good time. I hope you're all having a good time. So now we're gonna move to 1984, uh, where he drops out of college and he moves to Vancouver, uh, which is where he gets a job at International Rocket Ship Limited. And here's where he begins work on his first short, uh, which that first short was called "Hooray for Sandbox Land." Uh, I wasn't able to really find it. Uh, it's one of those things where it's kind of just lost to time. It was a very, uh, when I was looking into it, it was a very short little mini short. Uh, so there wasn't really a whole lot for me to go on. Uh, I'm pretty sure, you know, I probably could have found it if I like dug deep, deep, deep somewhere in the internet, probably would have popped up. Uh, from what I was able to find though, it was just like a little kid's thing, you know, just something, something to work on. Uh, but he did that and he was also doing work on commercials, uh, you know, working for like Nike, things like that. And that's where he got his start. You know, after leaving Hanna-Barbera, he starts there. He does some commercial work. He works on that. Uh, starts dipping his toe and making his own work, which brings us. Nice. Yeah. Which brings us to 1987. Can you imagine? Good year. <laughs> no, I couldn't. I wasn't born. No, yet. it's not 1969. It's not nice. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so 1987, uh, he releases a three minute short called Lupo the Butcher. And Lupo is a graphic short about a short-tempered, psychotic butcher who yells at the meats he cuts and causes bodily harm. <laughs> like, So I'm going to guess that his father was butcher. Oh, uh, well. Because that sounds super Italian. Oh, oh, well, well, you're about to hear the inspiration behind Lupo. Uh, but I will say the Lupo short, like, he cuts his thumb off and then gets mad that he cut his thumb off. And I mean, like, it's a graphic cutting of the thumb, like blood everywhere and him just screaming that he cut his thumb off and he like blames the cleaver and the meat for cutting his own thumb off. I- I'm not even kidding. Mm. <laughs> Everyone's mistake except for his own. So <clears throat> Danny Antonucci said, I wanted a character people could believe it. I was tired of all animation I'd worked on being only for children. Uh, so that's how he ended up making Lupo. Was he would, like he'd worked on kids' animation, but he didn't want to be known just for that. So he's like, you know, I, I want to make something that's a little more ador- adult-oriented, kind of widen my range of things I can do. Uh, so he makes Lupo, and Lupo is inspired by his father and his uncle. 
uh, as he's an Italian immigrant who uh, kind of blames uh, blames everything else on his troubles and has trouble adjusting into the original world. Uh, and originally it was called Lupo the Barber, uh, but and the character would kind of rant and blame America, which is what he, again, he based it around his dad and his uncle, which he had grown up around, and that's the kind of thing he dealt with. Uh, you know, first-generation first, uh, first generation immigrants, they just moved into the country, so things don't go quite right. They're like, well, fuck this country and fuck that country. Like, it's all that fault and blah, blah, blah. That's what he grew up around. Uh, so that's where he pulled inspiration from. Anthony, you can uh, you, you can relate, right? Oh, yes. As a, I think, fifth-generation Mexican. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you get it. You get it. Yeah. Nothing like those angry butcher Mexicans. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> overall, he's pleased with the final product. And the short debuts in 1987 at the Spike and Mike's Festival of Animation. And is produced by Marv Newland. Uh, and, uh, you know, people liked it, but it also did give him, uh, how can we put this, uh, some backlash. No. Yeah, it turns out if you make, uh, you know, make even though if it's inspired by your own life, if you make something about an immigrant that's just super pissy and blames everyone else, uh, you know, some people, uh, you know, they don't, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, they uh, say it. They might find it a little racist, even if you're, even <laughs> if you're the second generation Italian immigrant who's making the cartoon about it, you know. <laughs> yeah. No. That's why every time I make a joke about Mexicans, I preface it with like, no, I'm Mexican because I'm Mexican people. I can make these stupid jokes. That is, yeah, you know, that's correct. You, you, you lovely Mexican, you, uh, <laughs> and Jared get he gets the, uh, pass. He gets the, uh, he gets a pass cause he's my best friend. Oh, it's so wonderful. I can be racist. <laughs> yeah. Now go up to a cholo and call him a cholo. See what happens. Is that a dare? So don't worry. <laughs> Do they even have cholos in Nebraska? I don't know. I could probably find one. Anyway. So, so, God damn it. Actually, you know, there there actually is a pretty big Mexican demographic here out in uh, Nebraska way. Uh, like if you go into inner Omaha, there, there's actually quite a bit. You, you'd be surprised. It, you really would. There's a, there's like a whole section that's all like the Hispanic culture that's like a whole area of, of Omaha. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of surprising to find out cause I'm, you know, it's the middle of fucking nowhere. I don't. Cause it's Nebraska. They only have corn and white people. Yeah. That's what you think. Anyway. So, <clears throat> so he, he releases the Lupo, the butcher, uh, you know, and as I said, it, it goes well for people that just enjoy it for what it is. They don't read too much into it. Uh, Lupo actually ends up getting licensed out by Converse, ESPN, and Levi Jeans for some commercial spats. Because, you know, who doesn't love an angry butcher yelling at things for selling your products? Uh, but this helps get Ananucci's career rolling even further. Uh, after this, he gets hired by MTV, and he begins work on his next project. Hmm. Uh, Anthony, can you... can So... So far, he's made, you know, a kid short. He's worked on kids' cartoons. And then he makes Lupo the Butcher that's a little more adult-oriented, you know? Uh, what do you think his next project was? I'm going to guess he's going to go right back to the kids. Well, you were almost right. Uh, side note here as well, uh, he also got some awards for the commercials he did uh, with, uh, I believe, ESPN and Converse. He, he, got, he got some awards for the commercial work there. So again, you know, really helps bolster your portfolio. 
Uh, so his next project is The Brothers Grunt with Keith Alcorn. Anthony, do you uh, want to take a guess at what this show's about? Hmm. Well, I'm going to guess it's about big cavemen who are brothers. Well, you're not entirely. You're not too far off. So, <clears throat> the series runs for 12 episodes focused around four brothers, Tony, Bing, Dean, and Sonny, looking for their lost brother, Perry. The series is very odd, to say the least, using a lot of gross-out humor. There are four humanoid brothers running around in their underwear with literally just gross-out humor, like being flushed down a toilet, boogers everywhere, etc., etc. Uh, yeah, there were a lot of people who, who saw this show when it came out in the early 90s that uh, they were like, yeah, it was kind of nightmare fuel. It was, it was gross and just very fucking odd. But that was his MTV. Man, he he missed it by a couple of decades for it to be super popular. Oh, for real? Because it, it came out, like, looking at the timing, it would have come out right around the time that Ren and Stimpy was just getting off the ground. Ooh. A little bit later, and he probably would have... Oh, if he, if, if, if he had put it... Opus. If he had put it out right at the same time as Ren and Stimpy instead of going into Ed, Ed, and Eddie, that series probably would have done better, because then MTV was very much... Which I think is why MTV wanted that one, is because like Ren and Stimpy was just starting, and it's like, oh, maybe we can make something that's kind of like that for whatever. And uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah. So <laughs> now a milestone with the series, uh, debuting in 1994, uh, because Antonucci he goes on to make AKA Cartoon where he produces the series that he's making. Uh, and in 1997, Antonucci and Alcorn produced Cartoon Sushi uh, for MTV as well, which uh, Cartoon Sushi was, uh, it was like, it was a cartoon animation showcase. So, you know, they show an episode of a show. They're like, hey, check this out. Uh, they show an episode of the Brothers Grunt on there. Uh, but that's something he did. He made the intro for it and whatnot, and him and Alcorn kind of went, and they found different animations. They're like, you know, we'll show an episode of this, kind of get the word out about it. This is what else is on MTV, that kind of thing. <clears throat> but while he's doing this, he's also in the process. <laughs> Anthony, remember how you dared me to uh, go up to a cholo I... there? Yes, I do. It happened like two minutes ago. <laughs> well, in 1998, a friend dares Antonucci to draw a kid's cartoon, telling him, all you know is gross-out humor and adult humor now. I dare you to make a kid's cartoon. You're fucking kidding me, right? I'm really not. So he draws three young boys and absolutely falls in love with the designs and feels uh, that he's confined to the gross and edgy humor he's been doing. So he moves forward on making this a series. So he makes a pilot. Anthony, now that we've said that there's three young men that he's drawn here and he's moving forward to making a series and it's around and it's uh, early 1998, what what show do you think he's making now? Mm, well, I'm going to guess it's Steve, Stephen and Stefan. That is correct. His little known work. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? The moment you started saying that, I'm like, I need a name that I can say three different times. So yeah, this is what turns into Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Uh, he faxes the concept idea of the boys out to Cartoon Network and Nick. Uh, they both end up responding, 
Uh, but Nick responds first, and he's like, okay, well, you know, they did, like, Ren and Stimpy, they took Cat Dog, all these other shows in the early 90s, like, you know, I'll check out Nick. Um, but for those of you who don't know, go back and listen to our Ren and Stimpy episode. Uh, there were a lot of issues they had with uh, letting the creators handle it. <clears throat> you know, deadlines mm-hmm. and things getting added in that had to be edited out and kind of left a bad taste in their mouth. Uh, so this is the late 90s. Uh, so the Nicktoons era was pretty much dead because they were just tired of trying to deal with creators and uh, they weren't into the idea of that. Uh, so Nick is like, tell you what, Danny, we'll take your show. But in order to air it on Nick, we run the show. Look at me. I'm the animator now. <laughs> I am the captain now. Yeah, and uh, Anthony, what do you think his response to that was? Haha, <laughs> no, fuck Oh, you. exactly, yeah. He, he basically, yeah, he told him to go shove it. He's like, no, like, I created this, and I've been doing animation for this long. I'm not going to let you just take over this show and do what you want with it. Like, I'm the creative control. So he turns Nick down, and uh, he resends it to Nick, and he's like, you know, hopefully they'll just give me a chance, like... I don't want to go to Nick because I don't want to give up creative control of what I've created. Nick responded. This this is a true fact. Nick uh, Cartoon Network responded to him within 20 minutes of him faxing over the idea. And uh, they were all on board with setting up a meeting. <clears throat> so because he turned on Nick and as you said, Cartoon Network responds. They're like, yes, please. Cartoon Network president Betty Cohen immediately responded because she loved the ideas, the idea of three boys running around and having misadventures in their neighborhood. Uh, She said it reminded her of her own childhood. You know, you go outside, you play with your friends, and she thought it was a brilliant idea about, you know, best friends going out and having a little adventure. That's a great kids cartoon. It's a wonderful idea. Danny, let's set up a meeting. I want to get this show off the ground. So... So he's flown out to L.A. Uh, for a meeting at the Chateau Hotel. Uh, oh, yes. And now this is where <laughs> this is where I... Honestly, I, I did not know the full history behind how the show like got off the ground and whatnot. I have to say, Danny Antonucci, I fucking love you, man. Because this shit... It, it is the best way to pitch something. <clears throat> because... Not only does he show them the concept for the show and explain the characters and explain it, he legitimately played the intro that we hear for Ed Ed Nettie while he explained it. Wow. Yes. The, the whistling intro? Yes. The, one of the coolest fucking intros of any goddamn cartoon. Uh, why don't we take a minute and we'll just listen to that real quick. Ed Ed Nettie! Wonderful intro. Fun fact. Super wonderful. Oh, and fun fact. The whistling that's in that, Danny himself whistles it, uh, and he based it because he whistled a lot as a kid, and he's like, it's a show basically revolving around my own childhood. Like, I'm going to whistle for it. And that's how you get the iconic Ed and Eddie whistle. <clears throat> but anyway, he plays that while the show's going on, and Antetunchi himself said, this was, uh, this was because, uh, 
I mean, to me, it was the only way to put them in the world of what I was envisioning. Like, this is what the show is. And I felt if I played the intro, it would pull them into what I was trying to pitch to them. Which definitely fucking did because they were on board immediately. So, Cohen and the vice president, Mike Laszlo, uh, they have the pitch. They agree. Uh, and uh, this is where it gets interesting in Cartoon Network history itself. <clears throat> So they agree to allow Antonucci himself to take full creative control and make the show. Why is this a huge thing, you might ask? Why is this a huge thing? I even wrote that in the notes because I knew that's how that was going to (laughs) go. This is a huge landmark in Cartoon Network history. Because not only is Ed, Ed, and Eddie the sixth cartoon cartoon for Cartoon Network, it is the first show that they let be made outside of Hanna-Barbera itself and didn't make him do a seven-minute short to pitch it. Wow. Everyone else had to make a seven-minute short explaining their show, giving them an idea what it was, and then they'd make and then they'd have, and then they would contract it to a, a Hanna Barbera, which is what we saw with Courage a Cowardly Dog. It was a part of Hanna Barbera, even though it was a separate studio. It originated there, so they were like, "Yeah, we'll take that show." But this Ed and Eddie itself, they let him take it to AKA Cartoon and do it, and they hadn't let anyone else do that. They loved it that fucking much. So, another fun fact with that song, it was inspired by uh, Bob Crosby and the Big Cat song, Big Noise from Winnetake. Ooh. Yes. Uh, and also, the guy who made uh, like the, the instrumentals for that intro, he also did, uh, he did all of the music for that show and anything else Danny's worked on. He also did uh, the soundtracks for the dead zone, which I thought was kind of interesting that the guy has, uh, he has some interesting credits anyway. So Ananucci gets flown back. He starts working on the show <clears throat> and Mike Laszlo orders a show Bible, which for those of you who don't know what a show Bible is, it's a detailing what the concept is, the characters and their details, yada, yada, uh, so while Ananucci's making, like, the start to the series, he faxes him the show Bible. He faxes it page by page. Wow. And Now, Jared, <laughs> for all those young people out there, what is a fax? I was just about to say that same thing, Anthony. <clears throat> <laughs> well, There's a... Uh, imagine a photocopier. Now, take away the photocopying. Now, put the piece of paper in the back on a little slide... And then it slowly gets fed into the machine. And then, through the magic of being sent across wires, it slowly prints out that thing that it's scanning on the other end. It's super annoying. It took fucking forever. (laughs) It's not fun. It's not fun to use a fax machine. Uh, Especially if you're faxing something way the fuck far away. It's, it's It's not a fun thing to use. Uh, you know, we've come up with better, better, better methods now, but this is the early nineties. We didn't have any of that. Uh, so Ananucci, he's a strong advocate for hand-drawn animation, uh, because he admires the classic cartoons, like something we've previously talked about, Tom and Jerry and the Looney Tunes, um, as well as Popeye. Uh, he was huge. He was huge about that. Like he loved to have everything hand-drawn, hand-animated, so on and so forth. Uh, but, fun fact with all that, Ed and Eddie is the last major series to use that style. Uh, so, 
what they call cell animation, where you have everything basically like a comic strip in the newspaper, all drawn out of what you're going to do. Last series to ever do that. That's both amazing and sad at the same time. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, but when they did this, they would they actually draw out each scene uh, and emphasize like the gags and jokes they were going to tell before they added in any dialogue. Which, you know, that also sounds a little bit like something else we covered. I can't think of... Oh, that's right. Tom and Jerry did the same thing where they would emphasize drawing everything out about like, oh, well, now a bowling ball is going to get dropped here and then this is going to happen. Okay, now how do we form all that together? Ed and Eddie did the same exact thing. And it was before they did any dialogue parts. They were like, no. So this scene, they're going to like jump in this hole. Okay, now what happens when they're in the hole? Okay, now they're going to go here. Okay, and then they'd add in the dialogue and take things out or add things as need be. Uh, which, uh, you know, Anthony, I think we've covered another show that did something similar, and it's actually a newer show. Hmm. And what show was that? Do you, do you not remember? Uh, Come on, Anthony. Um, give it to me. Give it to me. While you're thinking, I'm going to take a sip of coffee. <clears throat> Is it uh, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated? No, we haven't talked about that one. Well, we haven't covered Scooby-Doo yet. Uh, so, no. Um, regular show. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, I forget that's a modern cartoon. Feels so long ago. Well, I mean, when we okay, so we covered regular show as well, and they did the same thing. They would put post-it notes, and then they would just kind of work from there, and, and that's how they work. But they'd put everything in a cell, figure out what they want to do. So that's how the show got started. So the Ed Boys are based off his own personality traits. Uh, so you know, he have like Double D, who's very OCD, things that need to be done a certain way. Eddie's a loudmouth and schemer. No, and Ed's uh, he's just a lovable goof. <laughs> Ed is Ed. That's true. Ed is just Ed. Uh, so Ananucci based all of them off his own kind of personalities, and everyone else in the neighborhood are all based off characters from his, are people from his own childhood that he grew up with. Every fucking one of them. Or at least, uh, yeah, I mean, they have details about most of them, but that's what he said. He's like, yeah, all the other kids are based off kids I grew up with. That's just how I pulled inspiration. <clears throat> Good. So as he's getting the show together, uh, he takes ideas from his son and his friends playing outside, and that gives him the inspiration about the creations that the uh, the Eds make uh, and all the different adventures they go on. Uh, so anytime and anytime there, there's a scene of everyone playing outside, that's what you take a note from. He'd be like, well, so what are my sons doing outside? All right, well, maybe this is what the kids are doing in that episode. So there's a, not only from his own childhood, but from his, his two sons he had growing up around him. He'd take things from them. Uh, which, Anthony, uh, you know, fun fact, mm-hmm. uh, do you know how he came up with the colored tongues of everyone in the in the neighborhood there? Uh, I'm going to assume it has to do something with eating candy. Correct. So everyone in Ed and right. has a different colored tongue, like they're all multicolored and stuff, and it's because he watched his son and his friends eating candy, uh, and because he had the idea for a jawbreakers being the thing they're always trying to get, he's like, well, candy changes your tongue different colors and that's why everyone has different colored tongues because they're eating candy all the do you time. think do you think in that world someone goes like hey girl you got a blue tongue i got yellow want to make green <clears throat> yeah yeah i'd imagine so i think that would happen 
Uh, so, Anthony, uh, you asked earlier why jawbreakers, and this is why. <clears throat> yes. They were just the worst candy. They don't taste good. They hurt your jaw when you try to eat them. So what's funnier than these guys trying so hard to get this awful candy? And that is why Jawbreakers. <laughs> so the main reason they did it is because of how awful Jawbreakers are. Yeah, he just thought it would be funny that they're trying so hard to get Jawbreakers, and he felt that they are just the worst fucking candy ever made. I applaud Mr. Anonuchi. <laughs> he... Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so he agrees with you. They're terrible. <laughs> uh, well, I guess I don't have a problem with that in any anymore. He knew what he was doing. So, uh, and they also have elements, obviously, uh, the Three Stooges, slapstick comedy kind of things. Because, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. if, if none of you have ever seen Three Stooges, like the original stuff, they do a lot of the same things where it's... God. A lot of money-making schemes where it's like, we'll do this work on a house, but then, you know, chaos ensues, they end up beating each other up, so on and so forth, and he pulled some elements from that, making it Ed and Eddie, obviously. I mean, come on now, it's three boys constantly getting hurt, and, and things never go right. So, <laughs> uh, now the other characters. <laughs> you boys look cool. Mind if I join you? Dorks, dork! Dorks, dork, dork, dork. The overly suppressing and love-addicted canker sisters are based off girls mm -hmm. Antonucci dealt with in school. Hurry up, Ed. Write another note. Well, if it ain't Tweedledee and Tweedledum. You take the short, yappy one, Lee. Neither, Marie. You hang your girl. Ah! I'll take the big, goofy one, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so he dealt with crazy. Oh, yes. He said, uh, and I quote, there were girls that uh, when I was in eighth grade, there were girls that would push me against the locker and be like, come on, give me a smooch. That's neck and different things like that. And uh, that's where I pulled the canker sisters from. I just pulled it off of the girls oh. that tortured me. So real sexual deviants. <laughs> I don't know if you can put it that way. But... <laughs> well, that's funny because I just did. Let's not use the word sexual deviance, all right? Let's use the word sexually aggressive. Okay, rapist. <laughs> Anthony, this is a kid's cartoon. <laughs> yes, and they... There is a... Are talking about rape? Spongebob joke where he, he tells Gary not to drop the soap. I think well, they sneak rape jokes in there. Well, uh, Johnny 2x4 and but, Plank are based off a childhood friend that he had uh, that was always a loner and always carried a blanket. But obviously he couldn't use a blanket because, you know, there's already a cartoon character that does that. What you doing, Kevin? Did you lose something? Maybe he lost something, Plank. What's that, Plank? Plank says you should be more careful not to lose things. You're bugging me, man. Take a hike. Did you lose this, Kevin? <laughs> exactly. So instead... Also, oh, Johnny 2x4 is not spelled like Johnny. Oh, no. It's J-O-N-N-Y. Not John. It's uh, minus yeah. the H. Uh, so, sorry, Johnny-O. You're not the only special Johnny out there. <laughs> Uh, and for all, 
You're nothing but a tribute. <laughs> and anyone who ever hears me mention Johnny O and you're like, oh, that's not really his name. Like, no, that is his legitimate name. That That's not a nickname. He gets it all the time. That is his legitimate name. His father didn't want a junior, so he added the O because they're, they're Italian as well. Uh, so he added O. Oh. Yeah. Love you, Johnny O. Miss you, bro. So, so yeah, he makes Plank. Uh, and fun fact when it came to Plank, all the animators wanted Plank to be his own thing, like give him different expressions. Uh, Danny didn't want that. Like Danny was very against that because he, he felt, and I quote, <clears throat> it was really cool to do Plank. I mean, it's just Johnny using his imagination uh, and personifying this hunk of wood uh, that ends up causing him to do things that he normally wouldn't do. So I thought it was an interesting idea. And... To ensure that Plank was just a piece of wood, he made a layout of all the different emotions of Plank, and it's just the same face on every single one, to discourage them from doing anything else. (laughs) I thought that was the fucking best. Like, uh, there was a a little thing about uh, the video game they made called The Misadventures. Uh, They were showing a little bit of behind-the-scenes things, and they actually showed the piece of paper, and it literally was just Plank with the same smiley face that he always has, and under each one he wrote sad, happy, confused, angry, just to make sure that no one ever put a different face on him. (laughs) I appreciate that. Right? I honestly do. And Rolf was his favorite character. Uh, because Rolf was based off his own family and cousins, uh, giving the background and whatnot about being an immigrant child, not being able to adjust in the normal world. Uh, but he did keep his background very vague, just alluding that it's somewhere European or Middle Eastern, but never officially ever gives it a name. It's just like, I don't know, from overseas. I don't know, you make it up. There you go, Victor. Rolf's eyes sting with your beauty. Feast your eyes on Rolf's customary dress, sewn together from the membrane of the green sea cucumber. The fittings were excruciating, but that's another story. Take care of my jawbreaker, as I'm a simpleton, yes? Why must you spoil Wilfred with his lavish monkey suit? This will only lead him to search for a life as an airline steward. He's <coughs> somewhere in Europe. And a quote here. (laughs) I grew up in a first generation immigrant home. So we had we had different customs and different ways of living from everyone else. So growing up, we lived in two different worlds. We lived in the modern world. And when we went home, it was the 1950s Italian world with our parents. And my parents, uh, they did and well still do live in the past and they have very strong traditions strange cooking and had a very hard time adjusting to life moving to canada which is the basis for rolf Uh, if you ever watch any bit of the show rolf is exactly like that it's always that he has some weird custom with something and it confuses the hell out of everyone else because no one knows what the fuck he's doing but question did you bring the cupcakes of forgiveness bad question did you bring the cupcakes of forgiveness? What? No! <laughs> <laughs> Best joke. It is lonely being the son of a shepherd. So, <clears throat> Jimmy was based on his own cousin who preferred playing with girls growing up 
didn't really care to play with the boys. Jimmy's gonna crash! Let's go see Jimmy! <laughs> Wait for me, Sarah! Explains a lot. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, but now he gets some fuck. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, you never know. <clears throat> now, making this show, uh, when they were making this show for every character, they went through multiple walk cycles. You know, in other words, basically like, okay, the character's gonna walk like this. They did that numerous times, and every single character, from their blinking, to their mannerisms, to their walking, were all based around their personalities before being finalized into the show. I mean, it makes sense. Just from uh, my memory. Let's see. Ed, he he runs forward with his hands Whoa. out because he's really Whoa. greedy. I mean, Eddie. Because he's really greedy. Double D, primp and proper, straight, arm straight, yep. don't move. And then Ed is just... Ed. Uh, Eddie would, uh, okay, so Double D, what he'd do is he'd have his arms, like, maybe bent, tucked into his chest, but he'd run very, like, back straight. Ed was just all over the fucking place, lean back, whatever, and then, yeah, Eddie was head first, charge as fast as he can, and yeah, and even their blinking, like, you know, like, okay, so Ed's blinking, very slow, relaxed, like, who gives a shit, just how Ed is. Uh, Eddie's very like blink calculated kind of blinking and then you have Double D where it's OCD like fast twitchy blink <clears throat> sorry uh, all based around their, their personalities they're running and every character was like that and he purposely made him like that uh, also I know that uh, well really like the most complaint I ever hear about Ed and Eddie is the outlines like I don't know the outlines mess with me they're constantly moving and blah 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 <laughs> That's called boiling lines, and uh, that's done by outlining the uh, outlining the characters three times on sheets of paper, uh, which then makes the character outlines look like they're moving. Uh, he did this to make it seem like the characters are always in movement, uh, and it was also to make sure that it stood out from the other Cartoon Network shows, but also pay homage to the classic cartoons. Because again, that he wanted to pay homage to those. That's why it was all hand drawn. Uh, but it was only hand-drawn for the first four seasons. Uh, after that, then they they had to do things on a computer, things like that. But the whole first four seasons out of six were all done in hand animation. Nice. That's very, very impressive. Right? I thought so, too. Thank you, Anthony. <clears throat> so he gets all this done. He has all his characters. Everybody's, like, figured out. The series was set to air November 7th of 1998. But eh, it had some issues with the post-production, so instead it gets moved to January 4th, 1999, with the opening episode, The Ed Touchables and Nagged to Ed. Ooh. Anthony, do you happen to remember what that uh, what the that episode was? Like, the, the basis on that one? Uh, I do not. So, The Ed Touchables. Oh, which fun fact, before we recorded, I told Anthony it's going to be a minute. I was refreshing. I made sure to look that up just to make sure I remembered it correctly. And I was right. The Ed Touchables, which is the first segment of the episode, is the one where it opens up and Double D's labeling everything. Ah. And then people's stuff goes missing and they torture Johnny at the end. That's the Ed Touchables. Nagged to Ed was the first time the Canker Sisters are introduced where they kidnap the Ed boys. <laughs> And they make, 
first they kidnap the Ed boys, and then it's like treating them like they're kings, which then turns to, you know, hurting the girls' feelings and them being all like, ah! and then they make them clean the entire the fucking house. <laughs> yep, that's tankers for you. Yeah, so that was the first thing. Uh, also, fun fact, the what they watch on the TV all the time is called Fishbowl 2, where it's like the cutout fish. Yep, know that. Danny's son is actually the one who does that entire thing. He made that himself for the show. Oh. Another piece of copy. A piece of copy? Yeah, just like a piece of that ass. Oh! <laughs> oh! <clears throat> Spank me, Daddy. Maybe later if you're good. What? So, Cartoon Network ran this show uh, with another new series that had come out at the same time. And Anthony, I'm going to let you guess at what other show could possibly run at the same time as Ed, Ed and Eddie. Powerpuff Girls. That is actually spot on correct. <laughs> yeah! When Powerpuff Girls are born with Ed, Ed and Eddie. I was like, I'm thinking like, okay, what, what timeline? Where, when was this? Let me think of cartoons. Flashback. So let's also get something out of the way. I, I honestly... I'm going to keep rubbing this in people's face this entire episode. With consent. Oh, no, I don't I don't give a fuck about consent. I'm doing it anyway. The show itself skyrockets in popularity, so much so they run multiple marathons for Ed, Ed, and Eddie. One of these being Ed's Day Off Marathon on January 19th of 2002 for the MLK Junior Day, featuring all 22 episodes at that time. Because they knew kids were going to be home. So they ran an Ed Ed Nettie marathon. Why? Because every time they did that, their numbers of ratings for that day were the most they'd had in the entire Cartoon Network era. They knew what they were fucking doing. Oh, yes. Like, their viewing numbers would fucking double every time they did that. So they ran marathons a lot. Yeah, and we were probably part of that Oh, goddamn right I was. (laughs) Now, they did the hand-drawn animation, up, as I said, up until season four, and then they switched to computer animation. Uh, now, April 27th through April 28th of 2007, <laughs> they run The Best Day Editor, uh, which shows <laughs> every episode of Ed and Eddie in order with the season five finale, which was labeled The Final Episode. Oh, I mean... Sad. I agree, but also I think there were a couple episodes after that. Oh, there were a couple seasons after that. <laughs> but, and uh, <clears throat> you're about to hear why. So that runs in April, and they're like, okay, this is the final episode. No more Ed, Ed, and Eddie kids. It's all coming to an end. Then in July of 2007, at the San Diego Comic-Con, a cut segment from the season four finale shown called Take This, Ed, and Shove It. The fans at that uh-huh. Comic-Con go fucking insane. Because of this, and the marathon itself, Cartoon Network's like, all right, guys, I think we need to go back and take a look at those numbers. What were uh, what were the airing numbers for that Ed and Eddie marathon? Oh, they were double anything that we've had before? Uh, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> it yeah. literally states that the number that was done from the finale that they had done, the best day ever, was doubled number of viewings of any other time in Cartoon Network's history. So, (laughs) 
they order two more seasons, four specials, and one movie from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. And how do they start all this off, you might ask? How did they start all this off? I Never fails. So they start it with the Eds are coming, <laughs> part of the Cartoon Network invaded alien event theme. Um, and that's uh, that's where they get it, uh, which uh, is the one uh, where, uh, you know, the they dream that there's aliens coming to Earth. Yeah. So, and that was because Cartoon Network had that whole thing, like Courage of Cowardly Dog had one. Everybody had a cartoon like that that they put out for it. Uh, it was a whole thing of Cartoon Network. Yeah, Network. I remember in the Powerpuff Girls, it was broccoli. Yeah, eat your broccoli, you little bitch. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Do you imagine if the Powerpuff Girls swore like that? Ah, these little you cunts. Mean, uh, <laughs> you, you mean like in the original where they were powered by the... Whoop ass! They were the whoop ass girls. Is that a real thing? Oh yeah, in like in the pilot, they were they were powered by whoop ass. That's what that's what a chemical X is. Literal whoop ass. Well, there's another fun fact that I didn't realize. <laughs> wow, can't imagine why that was changed. Anyway, <clears throat> <laughs> so with the two seasons that they did, um, I will never forget how Ed and Eddie actually ended. Uh, entirely because uh, I fucking watched the entire marathon. They ran a multiple day long marathon of Ed and Eddie, which showed all 70 episodes. It was 134 segments. Damn. Yeah, two, two. You said how many episodes? 70 episodes. <laughs> 70 episodes. Plus all their specials. Like, they ran fucking everything that they had. Oh, my God. If I did the math right. 30 minutes apiece. Which I probably 70 did. episodes. 30 minutes apiece. 70 episodes. So 70. We're going to do times 30. So that's 2,100 minutes. Anthony's doing math. That uh, two. Divide and by then s- we're going to divide that two by 20. So if I did math right, which is completely possible that I didn't, it's around forty-four days, maybe. And divide know. that by that's probably not right. <sighs> All right, folks. So I'm gonna try to help Anthony here. Divide that by sixty. All right. You figure thirty minutes, sixty minutes in an hour. So seventy. If we're gonna divide that by seventy episodes, thirty minutes each. What? So seventy times thirty. Yes. Okay, that's 2,100. 2,100. 24 hours in a day. So I have to... You know, let's just move on. <laughs> this has been the math segment brought to you by a fucking dumbass. My robot's broken. You'll have to forgive him, folks. <clears throat> so anyway. I'm just going to fucking Google it. <laughs> Good. This episode brought to you in part by Google. We'll do it for you. So yeah, the, they run the they run that marathon, and I fucking loved it. I watched every goddamn episode as they were airing. I fucking loved it. This happens, and Anthony, do you happen to know what they actually ended the entire series out on? I the movie. Yes, Ed, Ed and Eddie's Big Picture Show. Okay, so oh, um, to binge watch the entirety of Ed, Ed and Eddie takes one day, nine hours, and 15 minutes. Yeah, they put it over, like, I want to say they did it over an entire weekend. 
It, w- it was like their thing because they didn't want to just do it in a day. Because I remember it took like an entire weekend that they did it. And I only remember because I, I fucking watched the entire goddamn thing. Uh, they kind of, they spaced it out like over a weekend. I think I think it was like they broke it up. They like, they played it from the evening and then they broke it up. Anyway, they played everything, all specials, all episodes, and they ended it with the Ed Ed Nettie movie. And again... Cartoon Network sees ratings double <laughs> during the movie and series ending, which all happened November 8th of 2009. And once again, their ratings doubled. And they still ended it. I mean, they can only yeah, do you can only, they can I mean, do. you can only do so much. Uh, so the series ends with the movie. And Anthony, why don't you tell the folks what the movie was about? Well, you see... Ed and Eddie got, did some scheme that we don't know about um, that was so horrific. The movie begins with them being chased. They gang raped Nass. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, that, that was a terrible joke. <laughs> That's not what happened. Need I remind you, these are children. Hey, if it can do it in the book, I mean, who's say a cartoon could? <laughs> This has been brought to you by the anyway. fact that Stephen King's ending to the book, it was all about a gangbang of children. Yep, there's an orgy in there of children. Oh, you want to save your oh, friend? Anyway. You're going to have to fuck the shit out of her, all of you. <laughs> anyway, 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 anyway. Um, so they're basically running to Eddie's older brother for sanctuary. Yeah. Shenanigans ensue. Hmm. Correct. Uh, yeah, they get chased out of town. They go to find Ed, Eddie's, uh, Eddie's big brother, uh, which Eddie's big brother had only ever been alluded to in the entire goddamn series. Like, the entire series, they only ever talk about him. They show his room. They show his car at one point. But you never actually meet Eddie's big brother. And then you finally meet him in the show uh, when they get to the movie. <laughs> and uh, his brother's a fucking asshole. Like, his brother oh, bullies yeah. the living shit out of Eddie when they finally meet him. And then it ends in a very heartwarming thing of the entire cul-de-sac coming and saving Eddie from his brother and everyone banding together and being like, you know, you guys are bad, but nobody deserves to get the shit kicked out of them. And they turn against his brother that everyone had loved when he lived there. But, uh, you know, when you go to live out on your own, yeah. you become an asshole. To hang with your hero. I do, bro, I do! Mr. Eddie's brother! As the older sibling, don't you think you should rather be setting an example for Eddie and not, um, belittle him in front of his friends? Belittle? He's always been little. I like you, girlfriend. You got spunk. Double Double D! Somebody do something! Hope has had enough of your flap doodle, elder one! Prepare yourself for a merciless thrashing! Yeah, you know, the abusive cunt. <clears throat> Indeed. So, oh, and uh, another thing with that Ed Nettie is uh, they never showed what was under Double D's hat. He just wears the hat. And uh, Danny himself had said that he would never show anyone what was underneath the hat <clears throat> until they made a movie. 
And then... Oh, they showed you what was underneath Double D's hat and why he never fucking took that off. Uh, which, uh, I believe it was in the opening episode there. Uh, the uh, Untouchables, I believe, is where they his hat gets like caught up. Maybe it was later. But there is, an up, there is an episode where his hat gets ripped off of him. And they don't show what happens underneath his hat, but they just show that Eddie and Ed both uh, have horrific looks on their face. And then it just shows flashes back to Eddie putting his hat back on. In the movie, they do show you. Uh, he's like Charlie Brown underneath his head. Like, he's balding. That's why he only has, like, the couple strips of hair behind the hat, is he's, like, bald on top of his head. And that's why he never takes his hat off. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, you feel bad for him. Like, he's just... He's got no fucking hair. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, uh, as someone who uh, is follically inclined it has pretty good hair yeah i feel for him with my luscious locks i feel very bad for him you know i, I don't want to go off on hair but my hair fucking sucks <laughs> because it doesn't grow long it grows like a poof you grow a man fro yeah you know every day i take a shower every day Every day, I have to shampoo my hair twice. Because it's thick and curly? No, because it's so fucking greasy. <laughs> I don't know whether that's a Mexican joke or... No, I'm being, I... I'm being serious. I wake up in the morning, I shower, I shampoo my hair, I wash my body, I shampoo my hair. Amazing. I know, it's fucking weird. <laughs> Amazing. I don't sweat on my face and my hair I have to wash twice a day. Amazing. So, the series ends, as you said. Uh, they did 70 episodes, 131 segments. In those episodes, they had the movie, they had specials that they did. And uh, Ed and Eddie, these are the fun facts for the ending to that entire series that I have. Is Cartoon Network's longest running series going shy of 11 years? Like, they were just two months short of being 11 years running. Really? Yeah, they started in 99, they ended in November 2008. They were just two Damn. months shy of 11 years. All right, Mr. Adenucci, guess what? <laughs> you got to release, like, four more episodes, so you got that two months. <laughs> uh, it's the ninth longest running uh, American animated series entirely. Uh, but it's tied with Canadian-produced animation. I mean, it is Canadian-produced animation, right? Yes, but it's tied for longest running. You want to take a guess at mm. anything else that might be close? Because one of them, I guarantee, um, would not think. Well, i got to think of Canadian shows. Let's see, we have The Grassy, nope. but that's not animated. That just has Drake as Wheelchair Jimmy. <laughs> Um, we got the Doodle Bops, nope. which no, that's that's also not animated. Um, ooh, sixteen. Nope. I'm sorry. All right, I'm all out of Canadian shows that I know. <clears throat> Ed and Eddie is tied with longest running produced animation with Blue's Clues, Wonder Pets, and Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Wait, those are Canadians? Yes. What the Those fuck? are... Why is there... 
those are Canadian produced and they are tied with Ed Ed and Eddie for longest running animated Canadian I, television. I had no idea Blue's Clues was Canadian. Neither did I. I didn't know that either. They're bringing that back. <laughs> what? They're bringing Blue's Clues back. They're bringing a lot of things back that I just really don't want to get into. Oh. <laughs> I, I watched a, a little part of the Blue's Clues because I got the new person. And he he called Steve. Steve. He called Steve. From and prison? also Joe, but fucking... No, he's a he's a detective in that agency. He went to college and got his detective degree. Uh, okay, for anyone, okay, so to sidetrack Abed and Eddie real quick with Blue's Clues, for anyone who doesn't realize, I'm pretty sure the guy who plays Steve got fucking arrested, and that's why it's like he's going to college. Like, yeah, con college. No, 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 no. You know what? You want to know the truth? Yes, please give us the truth. Because he was go he was going bald. <laughs> And he felt like he couldn't appropriately play a character because he was aging and getting, going bald. What a don't you be laughing at loser. Steve? I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> do you, do you want to know who else? Who I'm so glad lost the the new Steve role in the new Blues. Oh Blues. please, John Cena. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh my god, that's so loud, huh? Fifty-eight minutes in, you're gonna have to lower me down. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> we're getting on track. <laughs> so now I just have some fun facts, real quick, when it comes to Ed and Nettie. Uh, so number cool. one, fun fact: the show didn't broadcast in Canada. You're, f- I'm not kidding. What the? What's with Canada? It, pr- it was produced by AKA Cartoon in Canada, but Canada itself oh, didn't Canada. have Cartoon Network. So uh, when they got a Make-A-Wish, they had a couple Make-A-Wish kids that were like, Ed and Eddie's my favorite cartoon. I want to like see the people. They would shut down the studio and like, like Danny said legitly, he's like, it didn't show in Canada. So like we had a couple Make-A-Wish kids that were like, their, you know, their last wish was they wanted to meet us and be on the set of Ed and Eddie. We shut down the studio and we'd ask them, what's your favorite food? So we'd like order that, whether it was Chinese, it could be pizza. We didn't care. We'd order it. We'd stockpile it. And we'd invite the kids to the studio, lock the doors, shut everything down. And we would just spend the day with the kids and we'd have all the, like everybody that was voicing the characters be in character and spend the whole day with that kid. Because they loved the feedback. Because again, it didn't air in Canada. As you've just tuned in, welcome to Breaking News. We've just gained word of a promotion coming over the air. Anthony, what is this promotion we got in the forecast? Well, the promotion that I'm seeing here, if you would look at this giant green screen behind me, and as I point to imaginary numbers, we have a promotion coming from... Unfortunately, that is in Latin, and I cannot read Latin. Oh, we apologize. Uh, The... The editor is coming in now. It is StitcherPremium.com. What is that, Anthony? We have the information uh, coming through now. Well, you see, Stitcher Premium is a website, uh, Stitcher, the premium version of that. Sorry, not Stitcher. Which allows you to listen to special content as well as ad-free. Oh, really? So ad-free so I can go find any podcast I enjoy and I can listen to it without ads? 
Legends? Yes. Oh my god, and what is the promotion that's running? Well, right now, if you go to stitcher.com slash you can get a free... Oh, oh, we are getting another editor note. Oh man, this is, uh, I'm being told you're being fired. Uh, ah. <laughs> Anthony Burrito Man is now being fired. Um, and we're here to correct uh, what he just said, folks. It's actually StitcherPremium.com. That's S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R Premium.com. You go over there, use promo code ODDCAST, you get your first 30 days free on us. So uh, a fun little thing there. Anthony, what are you going to do without your job? I'm going to go to Disneyland. Oh, Oh. (laughs) it's good to see. Good to see in the industry. You all have a wonderful day. That's so sweet. Yeah. So like, that's what they would do. Like if they make a wish happen, then they would bring you to the studio and they'd stop production for the day and devote the whole day to that. Uh, because they love the feedback. <clears throat> the Ed's voice actors' personalities um, are very much like the characters Ed, Double D, and Eddie themselves. Uh, which Danny said himself didn't start that way. He said, and I quote, I don't know if it was doing the show over time that they slowly did that, or if we just started to make the characters more like them. But their personalities are exactly like their characters. It is uncanny. <laughs> I, I wonder who rubbed off on who. You know, it is... It is a question. Uh, but Matt Hill, the guy who voiced Ed, he had a really fucking fun story. So he was in Jamaica. And he was... He's actually... Uh, he does a lot... Apparently he does a lot of triathlons and shit. Like, he's very athletic. Uh, which, you know, Ed's ridiculously strong and uh matt hill uh kind of the same way he does all that stuff but he was in jamaica and he said that uh when he was at a he was at the bar the one day he was walking by this room and there was a kid playing he was watching ed ed Nettie, and he's like i stopped and i watched him and he'd start to laugh and i was like huh so i walked up behind him and as soon as ed would laugh i'd go haha he's funny the kid turned around, looked at me, and he's like, just like baffled. And then he turned back around, look at the show, and I'd be like, ha, ha, he's funny. And he's the kid turned around, he's like, you're, you sound just like Ed. <laughs> I am Ed. <laughs> he's funny. Made the kid's day. <laughs> I mean, that would make anyone's day. I thought that was fucking amazing. Like, it's just, oh, that kid's watching Ed and Nettie. Oh, I'm going to fuck with this kid. <laughs> I mean, I could see both you and I doing that. Oh my god, I I, I have done that for their uh, Johnny and Jess. You know what I'm talking about. I used to do shit like that for Maddox all the time, watching them. Uh, so yeah, and uh, yeah, the Fishbowl Two made by his son. Uh, also, Ocean Productions helped with all the voice work for stuff. Do you uh, you want to know a fun fact about the guy who voices Rolf? Oh, I would love to know a fun fact about the, <clears throat> the son of the shepherd. So his other voice credits, uh, he was in My Little Pony. Uh, he was also in Gundam. Uh, he was also in Dragon Ball Z. And uh, do you happen to know, you want to take a guess at what character he voices on Dragon Ball Z? Well, if it's Chris Sabat, it would be Vegeta. He voices Goku in Dragon Ball Z. Ah, 
Real now, I, okay. Now I want to see a fucking crossover with that, <laughs> the son of the shepherd. <laughs> this Ralph in Dragon Ball Z, not Super Saiyan Ralph, just regular Ralph. Oh god! Ralph, and he fucking solves all the problems. <clears throat> they also had a crossover with a uh, Codename Kids Next Door, uh, which I remember exactly because it's it's a very brief scene, but it makes me laugh. Every fucking time. Because The Grim Adventures of Bill and Mandy is another cartoon from Cartoon Network that I fucking love. I love that show to death as well. Uh, But they did The Grim Adventures of the KND, uh, which is where they had the cross. I remember that. There's actually a brief brief cameo with Ed and Eddie in that. Where Mandy's kind of doing her own thing. Like she's starting to take over. And Billy tries to call around to figure out who can help them, right? He calls a couple different people. He ends up calling the Ed Boys. <laughs> and when Eddie answers the phone, they don't have any money. <laughs> to which Eddie replies, Bree! Why don't you call those KND dorks if you want Bree? And he slams down the phone. <laughs> And in the meanwhile, you have Eddie and Double D in the background fighting. <laughs> like, Ed's trying to, like, eat a chopbreaker. Eddie's trying to, st- or Double D's trying to stop him. You have Eddie answer the phone. It's a very funny brief cameo. Uh, just for the fact that they're like, well, we don't have any money. Could you just, you know, do it for free? <laughs> like, uh, no. Oh, yeah, no. Eddie Eddie doesn't do shit for free. Uh <clears throat> So some other credits I have down here uh, is that they won a shit ton of awards. I am not surprised. So. (laughs) They were nominated for a Rubin Award, six Leo Awards, an Annie Award, a SOCAN Award, in other words, Television Series Music Award, uh, they won a Rubin, two Leos, the Television Series Music Award, and uh, they also won the 2008 and 2005 Kids' Choice Award. Bob Higgins, head of creative, head creative at Wild Brain, uh, which made things uh, they they made a ton of like bubble guppies and shit. Anyway, he said that they were <laughs> <laughs> bubble guppies and shit. Uh, he said it was they were a landmark in animation. Uh, they also, in August 2002, and Ed is Born was shown uh, for Cartoon Network's 10th birthday. Uh, but the awards that they won were the Leo in 2000 for Best Director and 2001 for Best Musical Score, the Rubin in 1999, which was the year that they debuted as Best TV Animation, and Annie Award in 2001 for Outstanding Individual Achievement Storyboarding and TV Animated Production, and they won the Leo Award in 2004 and 2005 for Best Musical Score. And they won the Kid Choice Award in 05 and 08 as Kids' Favorite Cartoon. Nice. That was very nice. Right? I just wanted to make sure you were done before I kept talking. Oh, uh, the credits for Wild Brain were Monster High, Bubble Guppies, Yo Gabba Gabba, and Fern Gully 2. I'm sorry, there's a second Fern Gully? <laughs> Yes, Anthony. There's a there's a there's a there's a second Fern Gully. Yes, but did it have the uh, ah, 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 toxic love? 
That movie has two. Uh, no. Oh. But that's Ed and Nettie, and those are the awards they won, and those are fun facts to do with Ed and Nettie. But Jared. Oh, but Andy, but wait, there's more. I feel like we haven't fully done Ed and Eddie. We don't know our personal opinions about the show. Oh, well, you already know mine. It's in my top three. Fucking love that goddamn show. I will always love that show. But Jared, we don't know anything about our personal thing. Just fucking do the segue proper. I'm setting it up for you. I'm sorry. Was there a segue to something? Yeah, I feel like we haven't been able to, we haven't talked enough about Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Do I have to keep repeating myself until you fucking do it? I will. Oh, no. Uh, I, I absolutely love Ed and Eddie. Um, I mean, fuck, I quote Ed and Eddie almost daily. I mean, legitimately was in the bag. daily. Because um, it's lonely being the son of a shepherd. Oh! I, I just love Ed and Eddie. Um, like, like, grow, okay, one of my favorite fucking lines out of this goddamn show, and it's actually one of my favorite scenes, uh, is the episode where Ed's grounded, because it is just the realest shit. <laughs> you can tell how good a show is, because I know exactly what you're going to go to just by saying Ed is grounded. So Ed gets grounded, and you have Eddie and Double D come to his room to break him out. They're going to get him out, like, we're... We're going to get you out of here, big lug. They go to leave his room, which is in the basement. Like, he has his own room. Which, when I was growing up, I fucking wish I had that. I would have loved to just have my own room where, like, nobody could come fuck with me. But anyway, they go to leave. The stairs are gone. <laughs> they took the stairs. How barbaric. Because I'm grounded. fucking things where it as a kid's cartoon like as a kid i didn't fully understand what that meant i was just like man his his parents are like really strict but then you think about it as you get a little older you're like oh shit that was like he was legitly grounded they took away the fucking stairs he couldn't leave the fucking basement (laughs) oh and what about uh let's not forget johnny and plank Jesus Christ. The one where Plank is, like, terrorizing them at the end of the episode. (laughs) It's like Plank and all his Plank friends that surround the tree, and Eddie and the gang, like, don't want to leave the tree because they're, like, a bunch of pirate Planks (laughs) with, like, ferocious looks and swords. I remember that. Uh, I do remember Or, let's not forget, when they try to join, uh, oh god, what are they, uh, the Urban Scouts that Rolf runs with Johnny, so (laughs) Eddie has to do the manliest challenge badge with him, and they get, like, their legs waxed, they have to fight each other, and by the end of it, they, like, they just legitimately get the shit kicked out of him, to the point that, like, Eddie's bone, every bone in Eddie's body's broken, and at the end of the episode, as that happens, Eddie's like, so did I get the badge? Well, actually, Rolf lasted 1.2 seconds longer than you, so he got the badge. 
fucking love that show. Um, there's also the one episode where uh, they try super fucking hard to get their shot breakers. And then all the way like, like the end of the fucking episode, Ralph just comes walking out with a jawbreaker and tells him it's free jawbreaker day. So they wasted their entire fucking day on a scheme. Couldn't figure out why nobody was coming just to find out that it had been free jawbreaker day the whole fucking time. And that's why nobody was around. Oh my God. And then there's that fucking quarter episode. <laughs> You're going to have to be more specific. There's quarters in a lot of where episodes. it's uh, it's stuck to the the sidewalk, so then they make basically make a competition of like who can get the quarter off the sidewalk, and everybody fails. I ah uh, yes, I remember King Arthur. <laughs> and then there's Rolf. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the mighty three shoe beating? He's got the fucking shoes on his hands, and then he just takes the shoes. One in his mouth. (laughs) I fucking love Rolf. Like, if I could pick one character that I could truly say, I just, I love him to death, it's either going to be Ed or Rolf. Like, those two are my favorite characters of that whole show. Because Ed's just a horror fan who's a fucking, just such a lovable fucking idiot. Dumbass. I mean, (laughs) yes. And then there's Rolf, who's just so out there. Like, there's no one that comes anywhere near understanding Rolf once so fucking ever, and it just leads to the most hilarious shit. Oh, but Anthony, I believe you had something to add into this episode. Am I, am I correct? I mean, I didn't know if we were doing this in the part two. Oh, there is no part two. Oh, there is no part two now. Oh, well, that's what I was segueing to. Oh, no. Uh, Anthony, why don't you go ahead and and give us the tidbit that you have for this episode? It's just going to be a longer episode, because it's episode 50. It's a fucking celebration. It's a milestone. Well, you see, if I can find my... We have a a really dumb fucking uh, creepypasta. Oh, please. Go on. All right. This is the purgatory theory. Dun, dun, dun. The children of the cul-de-sac are actually all dead and in purgatory. It starts with Rolf. Rolf first arrived to the cul-de-sac in the 19... He died in 1903 when his family farm animals stampeded him to death. Uh Uh-huh. And the reason why he has so few animals is because uh, how many, uh, that amount of animals can actually kill him. You know, I do have another fact about the cul-de-sac that has to do with uh, going back in time. Oh. There's actually an episode where they show that uh, Eddie's ancestors were the one that founded Peach Creek, which is the cul-de-sac the show takes place. Uh, They founded the cul like the entire town of Peach Creek but then lost the deed to the land of the Canker Sisters' ancestor in a bet. Yep, that sounds like uh, Ed, 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 Ed. Sounds like Eddie. Yeah. Are you ready to continue? Oh, I am. Because <laughs> it only gets better. Uh, Johnny 2x4 uh, died in 1922. Um, part of the Great Depression, which is why his favorite, his best friend is a piece of wood. 
Uh, he died of tuberculosis. Okay. Next was Eddie. He's born in New York, and he he was he was uh, around during the Great Depression, which is why he's always trying to get money. If I remember correctly, the the kids of the cul-de-sac drowned him in the river, and that's why he hates water. Um, yeah, he he drowned. <laughs> so in the fucking river. dark. Oh yeah. Then Ed and Sarah came. This one is the darkest of them all. Well, their father died fighting in World War II, and as a result, their mother became distant and disconnected. Sarah became bossy, trying to fill the role of both parents. Oh, that's not where I thought that was going. The mom stopped caring. uh, Ed shut out the world and dealt in the fantasy world of comic books and monster movies, which became popular after World War II, to escape his unhappy life. Yeah, see, that's not where I thought I was going. Because another theory I heard that was about the purgatory theory was that well, while Ed and Sarah were arguing in the back, they distracted their parents, and uh, their parent they all died in a car crash. And the reason that Sarah constantly nags on Ed is because uh, it was his fault. And Ed constantly sulks oh. away and acts remorseful because he blames himself. Yep, nope, that was it, actually. They uh, both died in a car- free car accident. Oh, are you ready for this one? Oh, please. <laughs> Naz. Oh, God. Isn't uh, she... Born in the 60s to hippie parents. Rape, raped and murdered. Yep, in the summer of 79, a serial killer escaped the local asylum, made his way to her house, and raped and murdered her along with her entire family. Like, where did they come up with that? Where did people come up with this for the entire heartfelt show about kids in a cul-de-sac? Why? <laughs> Like, yeah. Oh God! And then there's Jimmy. If I remember correctly, they they come up with that Jimmy was a cancer patient, and that he had a yep, ton of stuffed he, animals, and he died, and that's why he has all the stuffed animals. Which is just yep, and why he's extremely frail, just dark as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, Double D uh, grew up in the '70s and died because of a gas leak causing an explosion with the Bunsen burner from his chemistry set. Um, Kevin, he... Nah, <laughs> dorks. His father beat him in a drunken rage and he died on his way to the hospital. <laughs> what? Who the fuck's coming up with this shit? Um, you see, but they say this because when Kevin entered the afterlife, he reimagined his father as a loving who would shower him with gift instead of beating it. What? what who, who came up with this? <laughs> who came up with this shit? I don't know. Um, and then we have the cankers. Oh, God. They actually aren't dead kids. I'm s- They're demons. Oh, God damn to it. torture the kids. <laughs> Because the theory, this goes why? Because the cankers are the only ones with normal color tongues. Uh, you know, there is something to be said about the cankers. Is like, they're they're, they're like teenagers that want to fuck two young, three young men. Like, because the cankers are clearly like his age. older brother's age. So, like, what was it like? Why? 
that's like when we were in high school. That's like when like a like a like a senior tries to fuck an eighth grader. That's like the equivalent of the Canker Sisters with the Ed Boys. Like, oh, so you mean what happened in high <laughs> <our> school? <laughs> uh backwoods country. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, I like this. It actually has like points. How does this? How does this theory pointed? Are you ready to know what the evidence is? Oh, please. Um, The children have green slash blue tongues, and the tongue turns blue when you die. And uh, And lack of adults. The summer is endless. I just want to point out that there are parents... Uh, they never show the parents, but it's always implied the parents are there, like whenever they're grounded and etc. Just want to point that out. Just want to point it out. There's a yeah. hole in that theory. And, uh, th- Jared, this hole is a col. <laughs> this theory is a colander. I just wanted to like, who the fuck came up with this? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Antonucci's already told everyone what the... Like, we just covered everything that is about this show. Like, I don't understand. I I, I can't. I can't. I can't with that fucking theory. I just can't. No, no. It's it's stupid. Um, But no, Ed and Eddie is a fucking amazing cartoon. Uh... There's a reason it was so highly rated. There's a reason that it was the longest running Cartoon Network series that's ever been. Uh, it's it's just a good fucking show. Like, the concept behind it's fucking great. Uh, Ananucci said that the reason that they're constantly making things, like Eddie's always inventing different things, is like, because they're kids. So the way he put it is like, if a kid can't get something, like, what would they do? They'd come up with a way to get it. So they're constantly making inventions and things because they, they don't have access to what they need. Huh. Oh. swag. So I, I, I just love this show. Like I can't put it enough of, of how much I love this show. And I, I could talk about it for days. I, I could watch it and talk about it for days. It's a really good show. It really is. It, it's a really, really good show. Uh We've talked about it before too. Uh, it's it's just one of those where like it's always going to be in my top three. It's always going to be a favorite of mine. Um, but uh, with Anthony's theory there, uh, if you thought that was dark, not my theory. <laughs> no, fuck that. Okay, the theory the theory about Ed and Eddie that Anthony read there is that better? Is that much okay. better? Uh, if you thought that was too dark, then you're not going to want to tune in for next week's episode because uh, we're going to get even darker than that. Uh. Because episode 51, next week's episode, the cartoon mm-hmm. era is over. Our cartoon season has concluded. Uh, with Ed, Ed, and Eddie, we covered regular show. We covered Tom and Jerry. We covered Ed and Eddie, uh, which all of those are something that I've enjoyed. Um, but next week's episode is going to be about the controversy of Milo and Otis. Oh, <laughs> Which, uh, I'm not going to tell you what the controversy is. I will tell you, you'll be able to figure out what that con- what uh, what we're, what the episode's going to be. Um, if you have not seen Milo and Otis, uh, I would suggest just going and watching it before next week's episode. Uh, because uh, you'll enjoy it more before hearing the episode. <laughs> I, I, I told Heather 
<laughs> and she's like, you know what? It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But damn. Yeah, it was made in the 1980s in Japan. Uh, I mean... Oh, it's made in Japan. We'll have to talk more about this later because <laughs> I don't want to ruin any actual genuine reactions. Uh, but no, if you haven't... Uh, I, you can you can rent Milo Notice for like three bucks in places. Uh, it, it's, it's a Do good it. classic... It's a good classic movie. It's highly rated for anybody. Uh, it's just about a pug and a cat that go get lost from their home and they go on an adventure around the countryside to try to get back home. It's a, it's a cute little movie to watch, uh, but then we'll completely ruin it for yeah. you with next week. So go watch it beforehand. Yeah. I love shitting on things. <laughs> uh, but I do thank you all. Like, seriously, we, we didn't think we'd make it to episode 50. Uh, we didn't think we'd be at over a thousand plays. So seriously, thank all of you. Like, seriously, thank you. Um, and, uh, you know, if there's anything that, uh, you guys have to say about, you know, anything that we've covered, you can always feel free to comment over, uh, Oddcast Network on Facebook, at Oddcast and on Twitter. Uh, we have the oddcastmedia at gmail.com. You can always send us stuff there. Uh, but don't forget that patreon.com slash oddcast because we have an entirely, uh, I, I guess really I could say our own original idea content that we're putting up on Patreon exclusively. Uh, it's a, it's a night, it's a, a story time that we've created. Uh, they're shorter episodes, you know, they're, they're like, we aim for 30 minutes at most. Um, but you can go get access to that for a dollar a month. Uh, we have a dollar, $5 to $10, uh, help support the show. Uh, and you can get the episodes over there and, uh, go check that out. Anthony, anything else you want to add in? Yeah. Um, no, I think that's pretty good. Are you sure? I mean, unless you want to talk about CLT Sandwich, <laughs> new episode this Wednesday. Yeah, go check out CLT Sandwich, uh, guys. Follow, Please. Yeah, follow. Yeah, follow me on Twitter, CLT underscore Sandwich. Follow me on Instagram, CLT underscore Sandwich. Cause guess fucking what? What? That there's no that CLT Sandwich was already taken yeah that so. was the whole thing we talked about it over on fireside chats our other podcasts that i also run uh Ooh. here at the oddcast network uh you can catch that one on saturdays uh which you can catch fireside chats live at twitch.tv slash acs create uh or sorry acs underscore create underscore create <laughs> fucking underscores uh, but yeah, guys, uh, I'll catch you all Saturday with Fireside Chats. Tell me about it. Uh, you can catch me on Anthony's CLT Sandwich on Wednesdays. Um, but yeah, thank you all so fucking much. Uh, our, our odd chat coming out this week will be a huge thank you to all of you. And just, you know, go check out all the episodes. Go check out some of our older episodes. Go check out the other podcasts. Go check out all the stuff. But until next time, guys, stay odd, stay happy, and always remember... That if you eat gravy, you will be the smartest. Stinky hat. You're stinky hat. Hey guys, I just want to let you know that if you enjoyed the episode here, uh, you can always go over to patreon.com slash oddcast and you can find other things over there that we're doing. Uh, also, go check out all of our podcasts. What an Oddcast, uh, CLT Sandwich, Fireside Chats. You can find them all on your favorite podcast platform. And check out that Patreon to help support us and everything that we want to do. 
But until next time, you all take care, stay on, 